106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. A lot of people die, and a lot more are going to die unless he gets a lot smarter, a lot quicker. So, Mr. President? Did you use the word smart? I can't with Trump, yeah. So you said you went to Delaware State, but you forgot the name of your college. <laughs> you didn't go to Delaware State. You graduated either the lowest or almost the lowest in your class. Don't ever use the word smart. Oh, Miss Savage Trump. Don't ever man. use that word. Oh, give me <laughs> Because you know what? There's nothing smart about you, Joe. Yeah, listen to this. The American people have learned over the past 20 months that if you want something screwed up, President Biden is your man. It has been 20 months of misery and vexation and Homer Simpson goes to Washington. <laughs> I mean, pick your, pick your issue. Uh, the infrastructure bill, COVID, crime, uh, the border, Congress, the economy, inflation, gas prices. Uh, Afghanistan, baby formula, for God's sakes. And, and that's why, based on the polling, you can see it. A majority of, America, of Americans believe that if you put the Biden administration in charge of the Sahara Desert, it would quickly run out of sand. <laughs> New York Times published three pages of your 1995 tax returns. They show you claimed a $916 million loss which means you could have avoided paying personal federal income taxes for years. Did you use that $916 million loss to avoid paying personal federal income taxes? for? Of course years? I do. Of course I do. And so do all of her donors or most of her donors. I know many of her donors. A lot of my write-off was depreciation and other things that Hillary as a senator allowed. And she'll always allow it because the people that give her all this money, they want it. See, I understand the tax code better than anybody that's ever run for president. Hillary Clinton has friends that want all of these provisions, including they want the carried interest provision, which is very important to Wall Street people. Number one, I pay tremendous numbers of taxes. I absolutely used it. And so did Warren Buffett. And so did George Soros. And so did many of the other people that Hillary is uh, getting money from. Now, I won't mention their names because they're rich, but they're not famous. So we won't make them famous. Wow. My message to unvaccinated Americans is this. What more is there to wait for? What more do you need to see? We've made vaccinations free, safe and convenient. The vaccine is FDA approval. Over 200 million Americans have gotten at least one shot. We've been patient, but our patience is wearing thin, and your refusal has cost all of us. So please, do the right thing, but just don't take it from me. Listen to the voices of unvaccinated Americans who are lying in hospital beds, taking their final breath, saying, if only I'd gotten vaccinated. If only. It's a tragedy. Please don't let it become yours. Why? Because I'm wearing these ribbons. I care more than any of you about anything. <laughs> and these ribbons say so. I want you people sitting at home and you people in the audience, look down at your lapel right now. <laughs> I want you to do this. Put the camera back on me. Do this. 
When you look down, what do you see? You don't see anything because you're not wearing any ribbons. It means you're a bigot. It means you're a racist. It means you're a sexist. It means you're a homophobe. It probably means you're a white guy. It probably means you're a European. And you and you alone are responsible for all the ills of America. But I'm not because I'm wearing these ribbons. <laughs> I care more than you. Good afternoon. This is Lou Benninger, the host of No Hostages Radio, and welcome. This is episode number 199 to appear on January 21, 2023. That's a Saturday morning. And uh, if you're new to this, let me give you a couple ways to connect with me. You can reach me at 713-1838. That's a 530 area code, so 530-713-1838. I'm on the left coast. So you can text or call me there, and also you can email me at lou, L-O-U, at nohostagesradio.com. Once again, lou at L-O-U at nohostagesradio.com. That's a website, nohostagesradio.com, where we uh, post all of these episodes as well as some articles that I write now and again. So uh, we also have a, a live show, if you're interested, uh, that appears uh, on KMYC 1410 AM out here in Northern California, and uh, it doesn't have a strong signal, so you can listen to it online, and you can go to uh, Live365, the number 365, Live365.com, and then just put in the radio call letters KMYC and that should play whatever is on at that time that you check it out. We're on from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. left coast time every Saturday. It's called Live with Lou and uh, we cover some similar topics as what we uh, cover on the podcast is just a few days later uh, when we actually do the live show uh, versus when we record this one. So Sometimes uh, the topics might alter a bit, and of course it's live, so it's a little bit more uh, spontaneous. Uh, so if you want to check that out, it's there. All right, so uh, let's see. I think that's it. I think that's all the preliminaries. I, you know, we have the Davos World Economic Forum that's going on right now, and those are the elite of the world, the multi-billionaires that feel that uh, they're so amazing, they're so intelligent, and they made so much money that it gives them the right to play with the peasants and, uh, you know, experiment with the peasants. That would be you and me. And, uh, and so that's what happened with COVID. COVID was an experiment uh, to uh, tease the peasants and to prepare us uh, small people of the world, uh, slaves of the world, serfs of the world, servants of the world, 
to be managed and to take away our freedom because ultra-rich people don't believe in freedom for anyone else but themselves. So this is what someone posted on Twitter, said, Welcome to 2030. I own nothing, have no privacy, and life has never been better. Uh, that is a, uh, a comment right out of the World Economic Forum. Their goal is for you and me to not have anything, uh, have no privacy, and uh, enjoy it. And that's from uh, December 12, 2016. Does that surprise you? That was, uh, in t- that was during the time of the preparation for covid So uh, if you lack uh, any understanding on this, you can read The Great Reset by Klaus Schwab. And you can also read the United Nations uh, 2030 report, and it will uh, tell all about it. But if you're too lazy to read or you're too uh, passive to read and you just want to believe things you're told by the media, then you can ignore the truth. So I saw this... uh, This is interesting uh, in light of some of the incredible pay uh, amounts that we're uh, paying at our local county and cities now for employees that are for the the, uh, working for the government and uh, Apple, the they have a pay committee that includes, of all people, Al Gore. And uh, there's a three person committee that oversees the pay of Tim Cook, who took over for uh, Steve Jobs when Steve died. And so CEO Tim Cook took a 40% pay cut. And you wonder, well, why did they just decide they didn't like Steve or they didn't like Tim? No, just quite the contrary. They actually like him a lot. And But what happened was there was a stockholders' revolt. And I find this fascinating so um, he was getting paid 40% more the previous year, but Art Levinson, the committee, Art Levinson, Al Gore, and Andrea Jung, or Hung, uh, decided to lower Cook's compensation in response to a revolt by the shareholders. So this is a private business. So how much Al Gore or Al Gore's going to pay or Tim Cook's going to receive is really none of my business because I don't have any shares in Apple. But uh, if you do, you may have some an, you may have an opinion about that or you may be concerned about it or you may be happy about it. Either way, but it's a private business and uh so I'm going to use that as an analogy to the business of government where you and I are shareholders in the government. The you remember the um uh Abraham Lincoln, during the Gettysburg Address, referred to our type of government as a government of the people, by the people, for the people. It's not in the Constitution in those terms, but same point. And so they decided uh, they didn't just get up and have a bad attitude about Tim Cook one day. Uh, they said in 2022, uh, he made Cook made slightly less than $83 million. Do you think that's a lot of money, too much money for a person? Well, if you really are a capitalist, if you're a freedom lover, then it shouldn't you shouldn't be jealous or you shouldn't be upset by that since he doesn't work for you or me uh, unless you have uh, stock and Apple. 
But uh, he got $83 million in 2022, and he got that money from stock awards and from incentives, and, uh, and then he had a $3 million base salary. So you can see most of it came from other sources in the company. He also received benefits like security, personal, and personal air travel, retirement plan contributions, and cash uh, out of uh, more than 46000 for his vacation time. So he didn't take vacation time. They just cashed him out. Uh, he, he just, he's got a good little job there, doesn't he? So, but what happened was uh, the uh, stockholders started to throw a fit about this salary because the stock is, is not doing well. And so over 60%, of the stockholders complained about Cook's salary. And uh, in previous years, he was ranking quite highly that people did approve of his salary because the stock was booming. So he said, hey, no big, no big deal. But if the stock goes down, why should his salary stay up? In other words, there's some relationship between outcomes of the company and how much the CEO is getting paid. And so... Uh, he received $34 million less than the previous year he's going to receive in 2023, $34 million less. And uh, as I said, it was all initiated uh, by the stockholders. And I'm trying to get to the – there's a paragraph in this article. I can't find it right now that talks about how many that cause they took a poll of the, of the uh, survey of the stakeholders and they said, we think he's getting paid way too much for where our stock is now. So how does that fit into government? Well, government doesn't get, they don't judge their pay upon outcomes like, like the stakeholders or stockholders, vice versa, uh, of Apple. The government just decided, did you ever think that's kind of odd where the supervisors just decide how much they want to pay themselves? Or the supervisors just decide how much they're going to pay all kinds of people in the county, all the way up, you know, in Yuba Sutter counties, we have people that make $700,000 a year. We have people that make $500,000, $600,000, $400,000 a year. Some of them actually don't even come into work. They just show up on a television screen or a computer screen. They do telemedicine. And so just for the privilege of talking to them whenever you need to, they get $500,000, $400,000, $600,000. And so at what point can we roll salaries back, right? These guys did with one of the top companies in the, in the entire world, certainly the United States of America, right? So, uh, this says about Tim Cook, according to the committee that decided on the pay cut, the pay cut was in response to last year's pay, say on pay vote. They call it say on pay, in which 64% of shareholders voted in favor of Cook's compensation, 64%. He, and this was a huge drop compared to 2020 when 95% of stakeholders or shareholders approved of his compensation package. Well, Certainly they weren't miserly because he was he's making bajillions of dollars. Not a million, not two million, but fifty million, sixty million dollars. And they ninety five percent approval, but the approval rate went down by thirty 
1%, which got the attention of the board and uh, or the committee board, Levinson, Gore, and Jung. And so they cut it. I wonder what it would take for the people of Sutter, Yuba County to uh, protest the pay of the supervisors and say the top department heads in, in the company called Sutter County or the company called Yuba County. It's something to think about, and I think it's something that could be uh, changed. In other words, the supervisors are very uh, deceptive and fraudulent. I know this for a fact. I don't know it for Yuba County. I don't know it for a fact of Sutter County, but Yuba County, back around 2000 or in the late 90s, adjusted their salary almost 50%. And uh, then uh, they, they may have adjusted it twice, the supervisor. It just takes three out of five to adjust the salary. And then they turned around and they said, you know, we don't, we don't want to do this and be exposed to the, uh, the revenge of the public. So let's tie our salaries for the rest of the, rest of the world, for, for infinity, on in time, for the rest of time. Let's tie our salaries to the state of California salary increases for the judge system. For instance, the Superior Court judges, local judges are all paid by the state from state tax funds. And they're, they, they get automatic raises that are built into the code, tax code, the, the uh, regulatory code. And so what the supervisor of Yuba County did, they wanted to get out of the scrutiny, out from under the scrutiny, of, of the voters. Why? Well, voters say, wow, you're getting paid a lot of money. They said, oh, we don't have anything to do with that. It's all determined by the tax code, by the regulatory code. Just like We're just like the judges. Actually, that's not true. They're lying. They changed their salary and got it up to almost $100,000 a year. Then they, then they attached it to the judge's code, which is unfair to the public. The public didn't vote on that. That should have gone before a vote of the public. And they just chose to do that. And then uh, and then they can lie about it and say, oh, well, uh, it really wasn't up to me. So let me go on and move on to something else that I found interesting this week. The American tax reform president, uh, Grover Norquist, uh, reported that uh, there's been some states— that are going without state income tax. And they, uh, let's see if I can find it here. So there's some states that have no income taxes, and and it's interesting. There's just such, such a coincidence, the huge amount of people that are fleeing other states that have big income taxes like New York and California, and they're going to places like Florida, Tennessee, and Texas. And they've had huge... In fact, I have friends that have moved to all three of those states, and so they've experienced a huge population boom as folks uh, have left, uh, as I mentioned, California, New York, and I think also Illinois for freer and economically greener pastures. One of the biggest factors um, or benefits in those southern states are the taxes or lack thereof. So... um, Six other states, the majority of which happen to be under Republican leadership, also do not collect state taxes. And the trend is growing, according to Grover Norquist, president of American Tax Reform. 
So those states uh, on the road to zero income tax include North Carolina, North Dakota, Kentucky, Louisiana, Mississippi, West Virginia, Wisconsin, and Idaho. Uh, so when I say on the road to zero income tax, is a state usually doesn't go from something they're taxing to nothing. They usually phase it out because of the... Uh, they don't want to rock the budget. Usually states without uh, in state income taxes, they benefit so much for, from a spike or a huge growth in, in the economy that money comes in in other forms rather than through a state personal income or corporate income tax. Uh, so many, many states, uh, other states, are considering moving toward eliminating state income taxes uh, so they can also generate uh, more revenue. Now, it's interesting is is when G Governor Reagan came in as president of the of the United States after a, a, actually he took over in a situation that's very similar to Biden's when Jimmy Carter was president. Inflation was through the roof uh, to loan to borrow money was through the roof is terrible. And so he took over and cut taxes severely. And uh, right after that, it was apparent that more and more money was coming into the Treasury because people uh, expanded, they hired more employees, they, they took on uh, more risk because they knew they weren't going to give it all to the government. So they, uh, the government actually got huge revenues even though they didn't tax them as much. Isn't that interesting? So, you know, if you never studied economics— I'm not saying you're stupid, but if you've never studied it, uh, you just don't understand the connection there. So uh, let me just make some, a few other comments about that. North Dakota is uh, on its way to phasing out the income tax. North Dakota Governor Doug Burgum announced a plan in August 2022 to eliminate individual income taxes in order to save the ta state's taxpayers $250 million a year. You're putting $250 million a year back in the pockets of your citizens. Amazing, huh? Uh, let's see. Under this proposal, almost 60% of taxpayers won't have to pay state income tax any longer, and those who do will see their income tax liability reduced by roughly one quarter to one half. That's over North Dakota, where they had the huge uh, oil find up there in the Bakken Shelf, they call it. Uh, Kentucky's another one. Norquist says it's going to be a 12-year march for Kentucky to get to zero. Louisiana's on a 15-year phase down to zero. Mississippi is a third of the way through what they say will be a 10-year march to zero. West Virginia is another state that uh, hasn't completely zeroed out its tax but is cutting back. State finished the last fiscal year with a roughly $1.3 billion surplus. This is actually cutting their state income tax almost to zero. Uh, so that's West Virginia. Uh, okay, so on and on and on it goes. So let's go on to another topic here. Have you noticed that uh, a lot of products weren't available during this COVID thing? And during the shipping uh, blockade, you may not have thought of it that way, of China. China blocked the shipping, and there was a lot of things that were goofed up because of COVID. And so uh, said the global COVID pandemic highlighted the vulnerability of the U.S. supply chain. 
So you, you're just getting to so, see that come. You've seen it in other products. In fact, I drove by my uh, Honda dealership where I get my car worked on. I drive a Honda. And I thought, oh, man, the, bummer. These guys are going out of business because there are hardly any cars on the lot. But actually, uh, they couldn't get cars because part of the uh, the, the cars were made, but they, they were missing some chips, semiconductor chips, and they couldn't obtain the cars because they, they weren't finished, right? So they, there were maybe 15 cars on a lot that could, could have hold 100 cars or more cars. And I thought they were going out of business, but they were just running their shop in the back and, and parts and service to try to stay alive till the, the semiconductor industry came back around. And so I'm going to talk to you about that and just give you a perspective on the global conditions and why America needs to uh, develop its own uh, providers and supply chain. And we'll be back in just a minute. Right now, the COVID-19 vaccines are available to millions of Americans. And soon, they will be available to everyone. The science is clear. These vaccines will protect you and those you love from this dangerous and deadly disease. They could save your life. So we urge you to get vaccinated when it's available to you. That's the first step to ending the pandemic and moving our country forward. It's up to you. Let's make some connections. Epstein's trafficking was aided by JP Morgan. There was a lawsuit filed because of this. Biden arrives in the Virgin Islands to relax between holidays. Interesting timing, December 27th, 2022. January 2nd, 2023, the attorney that's suing JP Morgan has lost her job. She was fired. I want you to think about the Biden administration and why is it that there's absolutely zero, zero interest in Epstein's list. Of course, they'll investigate the removal of sexually explicit books from middle schools and high schools. Left, right, middle, we should all be asking questions about this and demanding answers. Do you remember when the FBI raided President Trump's home looking for classified documents? That raid was national news for weeks, with news outlets across the country spending countless hours speculating on what those classified documents might have contained. But wouldn't you know it? Just yesterday, it was revealed that Joe Biden also had a small number of classified documents, some of which were marked top secret, hanging around in his private office. You heard that right. After leaving the White House in 2017, Joe Biden held on to these Obama-era classified documents, which were found in a locked closet in Biden's old office at the Penn Biden Center in Washington, D.C. And the best part was that these documents were actually discovered six days prior to the midterm election, but their discovery was kept under wraps by the Justice Department until now. Do you think that the legacy news outlets in this country will now be spending hundreds of hours of airtime covering these newly discovered classified documents from Joe Biden? That's all of his donors and special interests out there. <laughs> so, that's what it is. That's what, and by the way, let me just tell you, we needed tickets. You can't get them. You know who has the tickets for the, I'm talking about to the television audience? Donors, special interests, the people that are putting up the money. Who it is? 
The RNC told us we have all donors in the audience, and the reason they're not loving me, the reason they're not, excuse me, the reason they're not loving me is I don't want their money. I'm going to do the right thing for the American public. I don't want their money. I don't need their money. And I'm the only one up here that can say that. Well, this is our second segment, and I want to give a, a quick shout-out to a couple people that help us stay on the Internet and also stay on the air. And uh, that is uh, Little Billy's Excavator and Backhoe Service. If you have any excavator or backhoe service needs, maybe you got some flooding going on and you need to clean out a ditch area, or you got plug-ups underneath your road, Little Billies can help you with that, or or I hear people up in the foothills, water's overflowing and running across their property. They need to put in a ditch or something like to catch it or push it back. And uh, if you want some help up in Northern California here, Little Billies Excavator and Backhoe Service operates out of Yuba County. They travel to work as well around the different counties in Northern California. So you, you can check in with Israel Garcia, Izzy Garcia at 530 36010 and they will do you right. Also, uh, All Power Services, that's Will Fanning and Josh James, and a couple uh, co-workers, uh, Jose and Lupe, and they're working at 1469 Stewart Road, and they are taking all the broken, broken equipment from Yuba Sutter counties and any other county that wants to use them and putting it back on the road or putting it back in your hand whether it's a chainsaw or weed eater or mower or big rig or bottom dump or truck or generator or power washer, whatever you got that's got power to it that doesn't work, they will fix it. You can reach them by text or call at 530-844-0347, 844-0347, or you can uh, drive out there. It's right off Highway 99 at 1469 Stewart Road and give them a shout out. Also, I want to mention Alan's Auto Body, who always takes care of my car when I get it in a fight with my car or something breaks inside or something, anything having to do with the body of that car, they can put back together. That's Alan's Auto Body. It's a bright yellow building at the corner of Tea Garden and Sutter Street in Yuba City. And you can reach them on their landline at 530 671 1057. So I was. Here's what's shaken. It's interesting when the pandemic, you realize that the pandemic was sort of blamed on China. I'm not saying they did it. I think Fauci and some people, some, some ne'er-do-wells over here in the U.S. started the problem, created the, the, uh, the Fauci flu. But what we realized is that a lot of our products, including our pharmaceutical products and our protective devices, masks, and uh, gowns and gloves and all, all that kind of stuff. Uh, medical protective devices are made in China. And the question is, is that a good thing or a bad thing, right? So what happened is when we noticed that the supply chain, you couldn't get certain things for a while, and now you can't get, get certain other things 
that are happening right now. So uh, specifically when it comes to a product that America's modern tech-based economy has become totally dependent on, and we don't make it here, it's called semiconductors. Now, what do we do about it? So where are they made? The vast majority of these are made uh, overseas, particularly Taiwan. So when China keeps eyeing Taiwan, it's not just about the fact that they believe they own those people, those Chinese people on Taiwan. On Taiwan, uh, they they see another Hong Kong that's hugely profitable because of free enterprise and capitalism. And if they got control of the semiconductor industry of Taiwan, they could shut down America because we large parts of our country cannot run without semiconductors. So Biden has his solution has been to throw more tax dollars at the problem in form of subsidies to induce or encourage the semiconductor industry to build factories in in the US. You remember what Trump did? He he did not give them subsidies. He offered him a better deal and less regulations. So this writer says the main problem, however, is that the cost to build factories in the U.S. is four to five times more expensive than building them in Taiwan. And the reason has everything to do with what? Overregulation, bureaucratic red tape, and, and labor unions. All you have to do is go down to the local Sutter County uh, offices or, or city of Yuba City or the same over in Yuba County, and you face overregulation, red tape, and labor unions, government labor unions, right? And so what Trump worked on is deregulation rather than costly subsidies, and he said, we're going we're gonna to fast-track your factories, and we're going to cut the regulation. And uh, so that's the difference between approaches to government, and right now we're saddled with a guy that just gives lots of money to people to come and do things the bad way, over-regulating and, and being bureaucratic and uh, controlling people uh, is the bad way to do business. Now, I, wanna, I just noticed a great example of this, and it's an article in the uh, Epoch Times, E-P-O-C-H Times, that I get each week in my mailbox. You can also get electronically. This is the January 11th through 17th edition. And in the, on the front of the opinion page, it said, end these travel restrictions now. So yesterday, I was just over at uh, Adventist Hospital, which is a local hospital where I reside. And I was called there by the chaplain of the hospital because there was a lady there that wanted to end her life. And uh, she's having trouble with drugs and alcohol. And she got so miserable that she just thought, I just don't want to do this anymore, tried to end her life. So they people called 911, and they sent her over there. So they called me to talk to her. So when I went there to check into the ER, you know what they asked me to do? They won my ID, which is fine, but then they wanted me to wear a mask. So they said, if you want to go inside those doors, you have to put on a mask. So I thought, isn't this, isn't this interesting? This hospital is claiming to be the most intelligent people in our community regarding the human body and chemicals and uh, pharmaceuticals and surgeries 
and every part of the human body and medic in the medical system, in the United States, all based on science. Yet they had everyone in there wearing masks based not on science, but, but on politics. And I thought, how absurd is this? So I went in, talked to, I took, put on a mask, walked in and the lady immediately said to me, please take the mask off. I want to see your face. My, my client, if you will, the patient. So I took the, the, the uh, mask off and nobody bothered me. And I sat there and talked to her and did my business and then walked out of the, of the hospital uh, with my mask in my hand. Now, why would I bring that up when I'm talking about travel restrictions? Because I'm talking about things that have nothing to do with health or safety. They have everything to do with the government forcing compliance upon people that they now do not re- do not consider their bosses, like remember other people of other of, uh, a government of the people by the people for the people. But it's no longer that way. If they're not living it out, if you want to take it back, you're going to have to take it back. So this guy, Jeff Tucker, who's a great writer, he said, once again, the U.S. government has extended the vaccination only policy for foreign travelers coming into this country. And so up until April or farther, they're going to make everybody, not you and me, if if we're a passport-carrying American, but anybody that's not an American passport holder, they're going to have to get the jab before coming in the country. Why, do you think? Well, to save us from getting COVID? No, because the jab had, does nothing to do with COVID. The jab had something else to do with your life. We might cut, cover that later, but it has nothing to do with COVID. COVID was an excuse for them to stick a needle in your arm a few times and get a lot of money for it. The, the shot, what they called a vaccine, isn't a vaccine. It never was a vaccine. And it didn't stop COVID, didn't stop you from getting COVID, and it didn't stop you from giving COVID. So you have to answer this question in your own heart. Then what in the hell was that for? So he says, Jeff Tucker It's a devastating announcement for millions of people without U.S. passports who want to come to the United States to visit friends and family or otherwise engage in professional and educational activities the way they used to. Remember the way the way America was when we used to? You remember the days before Homeland Security and TSA when you could just walk through, get your boarding pass, walk through and get right on the plane? You didn't have to take your clothes off. You didn't have to have somebody massage your crotch right? Rub your butt, all that kind of stuff. So it says potentially some 3 billion people in the world are going to be affected by this Biden decision. The U.S. government says once again, only the jabbed may may visit. Now, this is crazy, people. There is no science saying that the jab is helpful. In fact, the jab is actually causing people to be sick, giving them heart attacks, blood clots, etc. So why would we demand foreigners do this and we're not we're not demanding our own people? Like I just flew to Vietnam and there was in the San Francisco uh, International Airport, no one was wearing any mask in that airport, one of the most liberal cities in the United States. No one was wearing masks. It wasn't until we got on the Korean Air. The Korean Air insisted on masks all the way across to the, the other side. When we got off the plane in Vietnam, no masks in Vietnam. It's a communist country, no masks. And uh, so there wasn't anything science about the masks. 
no, it didn't save any lives on that plane wearing a mask. It's a particle mask. Is it not a mask that stops germs? There's no such thing. So this says, Tucker says, unless you're on a diplomatic or official foreign government travel, uh, then you got to get jabbed. So, of course, the government exempts itself, right? The government, like any communist government, they make up all these rules for the small people, and then the leaders exempt themselves. So only the elites, among whom those who do not like to do not fight commercial, get a pass, just like a total totalitarian dystopia. If you don't know those words, it'd be a good exercise. You can you can uh, do a duck duck go search on it. I don't have time to explain it all. The enforcement. This is interesting. The enforcement takes place when the tickets. And the boarding passes are handed out. So if you you can bypass that, you're good to go. So in other words, they at the ticket counters, if you're coming to the United States and you don't have a passport, they're going to say they want to see your shot card, right? That's what they're going to do. So they're putting it not on the immigration people for enforcement. They're putting it on the airlines for enforcement. Um so it's interesting. I want you to think about that for a minute. Where, where in the United States, then, are foreigners coming in and not complying with this? Yeah, you got it right. All across the southern border. So if you're flying in because you have to cross an ocean to get here, then you have to comply with the jab. If you're sneaking in, you're coming in by canoe from 50 miles away, or rubber raft, or you're walking across, uh, then you don't have to have anything. You don't have to have a COVID test. You don't have to have anything, and you just get in. So it only applies to air travel. Maybe it applies to if people come here by ships. I don't even know why they do that anymore. I know they take cruises, but I don't know why they come by ships. Uh, now, it's interesting. How did we get here? Jeffrey Tucker says in March 12th, on March 12th, 2020, Trump was talked into slamming shut the right to travel for people from Europe, the UK and Australia. This was following his January 2020 closure of travel from China. Nothing like this had ever happened, especially not on the edict from one man without any vote from Congress. Now, I want you to I want you to think in the coming months how many things you're told to do that have nothing to do with their elected representatives voting on it, like Congress doesn't vote on it, your local supervisors don't vote on it, but yet you have to do it because some agency told you you have to do it. So it says when it becomes obvious that this is a pointless exercise, in other words, it didn't save any lives. It was ridiculous. It was nonsensical. People fly every day to and from all the way around the world, and some people are packing infections, viruses, and all that stuff, and we don't stop them by stuffing a paper across their face. Even though it was obvious that this was pointless almost immediately to the Trump administration, people in the Trump administration tried to get it reversed. Isn't it interesting? The president of the United States administration tried to reverse the blockade of people coming into this country. But there was no one really in charge of making that decision. Did you hear what this guy just said? 
There was no one in charge of making a decision blocking hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people coming into this country, whether or not they had COVID. You just couldn't, if you were in those countries, you could not come to this country, just like we could not go to Vietnam. But the Trump administration had no control. Are we talking deep state? Are we talking swamp here? So Tucker says, everyone just passed the buck to everyone else. And thus did the Biden administration inherit and extend them now for two more years. Do you hear what I said there? So when I talked to the jail, the Yuba County jail about doing classes in the jail again, which we did for years before COVID. And, uh, you know, we speak in juvenile hall once a week. And it's interesting. Some Sundays they say, oh, you got to put a mask on today. And the next Sunday they said, oh, you don't need to wear a mask today. Then the next Sunday they said, you don't need to wear a mask today. And then the next Sunday they said, you got to wear a mask today. It's just mask on, mask off, mask on. And you know something? There's not one bit of science behind all of that. But you know that the people that are having to enforce that are just compliant employees who will lose their job if they don't do something really stupid for the government. Now, when the sheriff says to me, well, maybe in this month, maybe two months from now, maybe four months from now, maybe six months from now, you know what he's waiting for? From people who it, it's not even the president of the United States doesn't get to call it. It's just a bunch of bureaucrats like with OSHA or with the CDC who doesn't even belong to the United States government or the Food and Drug Administration, Right says, almost three years now, many wonderful—anyway, I'm going to skip that. Why does this persist? Why do these crazy, authoritarian, compliant rules exist? Maybe the U.S. government wants to leave in place the remnants of at least some kind of precedent on which to build a health passport system on the way to constructing a China-style social credit system. In other words, we're not going to let everyone be free in this country anymore unless you're a rich person. Certainly, we are being surveilled and tracked as never before, and the shot is part of that. Or maybe it is to perpetuate the legalities of, of an emergency rule under which the shots can continue to be authorized under emergency use or some combination. He said it's a new ideology that we're under now. It's called lockdownism. I, don't you feel that in our communities that it could happen at any time? I, I just got back from Vietnam and I told them over there this. I said, let's get it on because we could get locked down here in Vietnam anytime. Actually, there's don't you hear it in the news all the time? Oh, the L.A. school district's going to insist mask. Oh, this other town or this state or this county is going to insist on masks. Right. It's called the threat of lockdownism. In other words, you're not in control anymore where you should be. It's these bureaucrats who answer to no one. You didn't elect them. You didn't get to choose their salary. They answer to no one. So he calls it a new ideology, Jeff Tucker. He calls it lockdownism, but it might also be called techno primitive, excuse me, primitivism. In other words, primitive. In other words, it's just a wave of the hand, some monarch, some czar, some dictator decides, oh, we're all going to wear condoms today, or we're only blondes can go to the store today, or only brunettes or some people, or only this, this people get to do that, or only this people get to do that. It's ridiculous. 
Three years ago, he said no one could have imagined that an academic from Canada or a conductor from Britain could not be allowed to enter the United States because they refused an experimental shot to ward off a disease. That That is no threat to them and which doesn't accomplish the goal anyway. No one would have imagined closing churches, schools, businesses. We have seen and experienced horrible things and are told to be grateful for the freedoms we have. Listen, people, if you don't see what's going on, you are screwed. I'm not, you know, some people say, oh, I'm sorry. No, I'm not sorry. I'm just telling you, if you don't see the fact of what's going on in our country, you are screwed. We're taking, we lost our freedoms under COVID. It wasn't about a sickness. And it even isn't even about a jab. It's they want compliance. They want compliance. If they want your, if they want your lawnmower, if they want your car, if they want your bank account, if they want whatever they want, they want to be able to take without a whimper from you. And that's what's going on with these petty tyrant rules that are going on where, when, the, when the administration that you elected, whether it's Biden or Trump, uh, says they don't have any power to change the rules. It's ridiculous. We'll be right back. Mary got pregnant from a kid named Tom said he was in love. The important thing to realize is that North American science spent 15 years figuring out what to do with the next COVID. It was back 2002-2003, the original SARS-CoV-1 occurred, and so all sorts of experiments went on to determine what would be a useful response were something similar to occur. And the research was done. It was research was all done by 2015, 2016. And DARPA, D-A-R-P-A, the American research arm of the U.S. military, it specifically knew and specifically recommended and passed the information on to the CDC that ivermectin in particular was the absolute number one product to be used in the event of a coronavirus pandemic. It was fully known that ivermectin, and certainly hydroxychloroquine as well, were highly antiviral and immune modulatory. And those two things were the key, to modulate the immune response, plus to be antiviral as well. Those elements were both totally proven in vitro and in vivo with animals, so that it was known, and of course we knew it was completely safe for humans, because these medications had been used for 35 to 40 years in humans, and so that's what was sitting there, ready to be used at the next pandemic. Yo, does somebody want to check in on California? Are you guys good, bro? And no, I'm not talking about the floodwaters. I'm talking about whether or not people in that state have opened an Ojo recently. In case you weren't paying attention, California has experienced some pretty devastating droughts in recent years that ultimately led to things like wildfires. And of course, rationing water usage to your house, watering your grass, etc. 
Well, how about that? California is now experiencing a tremendous amount of rain. Oh, that's kind of interesting. And of course, every upside down clown sneaker is like, oh, mother nature needs us to be better to her. It's because of the gas stoves. It's like, yo, hello, Damon. Are you paying attention? Are you literally residing on the literal actual earth? You know what you would do with a bunch of rainwater? Oh, I don't know, collect it. But every moron can't seem to connect the dots. California hasn't built a major reservoir since 1979. That's right, you jabronis. You know, a reservoir which stores water. Building new reservoirs and capturing water from rivers and streams would be really helpful next time you have a drought. But everyone is so clueless with their head up their dirt star. So they blame the floods on the climate and the droughts on the climate. And really, go figure, it's actually just moron politicians. Go figure, no way. All these droughts and you've been begging for rain and here it is. But these liars have been focusing on reparations and not water. Stay clueless. This video is based on the work of Mark Passio from whatonearthishappening.com. Specifically, his recent video on de facto Satanism. Today's Hollywood pop culture machine will have you believe that Satanists wear robes and practice ritualistic blood sacrifices while worshiping Satan. And while there may be some truth to this, it is mostly propaganda meant to conceal the reality of what Satanism actually is. True Satanism is a mindset, and the Satan that is worshiped is within each and every one of us. It is most commonly known as our ego. The self is the true God of Satanism. The term Satanism is used to deceive religious people, to appear harmless to non-religious people, and also because it stems from the Hebrew word shatan, which means adversary. Satan is the force of involution that opposes true spiritual evolution. It is the ego within us. Left to our own devices, the ego will try and convince us to think only of ourselves, which is exactly what Satanism is. And so a de facto Satanist is a person who holds this mindset, but does not consider themselves to be a Satanist. Organized Satanism stands against this sort of enlightenment. They believe human psychology and the laws of nature should be kept occulted or hidden from the public and used to gain and retain power over the masses by keeping them ignorant as to how the mind and emotions work, while using this knowledge to manipulate the masses and ultimately enslave them. This is primarily done by cultivating the Satanist mindset among the masses, thereby turning the ignorant and unaware into a de facto Satanist, as we think, so we become. This mindset can be broken down into four main tenets of Satanism. The first and most important is selfishness, egotism, or what many know as narcissism. Self-preservation is the highest law. Live only for your own selfish desires and only care about you and yours. It's a dog-eat-dog -dog world, and if you must step on others to get what you want, then so be it. This is the basis of satanic thinking. The second tenet of the Satanist mindset is moral relativism. This is the belief that there is no objective difference between right behavior and wrong behavior. 
It is the belief that nobody is ever objectively right or wrong, and that it's up to each individual person to decide for themselves what is right and what is wrong. The third tenet of Satanism is social Darwinism. This is the belief that it is natural and good for human society to be ruled by the most aggressive and dominant humans among us, and that it is by virtue of their genetics that these vicious humans deserve to be in positions of power and lead humanity as they so choose. The fourth tenet of Satanism is eugenics or dysgenics. This is the ideal conclusion of the Satanist mindset. Since man is God and he gets to decide what is right and what is wrong, and since the natural order is for the most dominant genetics to have power, then the elite class ruling over us has every right to decide who is allowed to live and procreate and who must die. This is how all of society is conditioned to think. And this is how the high-level Satanists are leading all of humanity into slavery. Most of humanity is operating under this de facto Satanic mindset, which is why it is called the great work to change it. The great work is the work of awakening the masses to the true nature of the ego mind, encouraging each and every individual to find the courage to face their own inner shadow and to practice natural law. Natural law is the respect of others. Put simply, it is love. If the majority of humanity is practicing love, then humanity will know freedom. But if the majority of humanity is practicing Satanism, then humanity will be enslaved. You can find much more of this information at whatonearthishappening.com. Reporting for InfoWars, this is Greg Reese. All right, well, I want to mention North Valley Paralegal has moved from over on Sutter Street, where they've been for years, to 1110 Civic Center Boulevard. That's the main street off Highway 20 where the courthouse is, the Sutter County Sheriff's Office is, and uh, some of the government buildings are. The City Council of Yuba City meets down there on Civic Center Boulevard. So at 1110 Civic Center Boulevard is where North Valley Paralegal is now. And they're in the old suite 202A. That is uh, former Senator Nielsen. I think it's 202A. You just go check it out. I think somebody, I told 210A the other day. But I'll uh, just go. It's right in that little uh, enclave of suites. So North Valley Paralegal, they can do all your paralegal needs. In fact, one of our listeners to the radio show and the podcast texted me the other day, said, hey, I need to get a hold of Nellie Garcia. Can you give me her new address over the weekend? So North Valley Paralegal can help you with all your legal needs, everything you can imagine, positive and negative legal needs. And they come in both flavors. So uh, real easy to get to. 
the landline over there is 530-751-9289, 751-9289. And uh, also, if you're, uh, maybe you're a legal secretary or you're a pretty sharp secretary that's, that never has worked in the legal field, or maybe you're in the, maybe we're in the title business or in, you know, some related business, and you'd like to work over there, um, they need some extra workers at North Valley Paralegal because they're busy and they need some extra help. So North Valley Paralegal, you can reach them at 530-751-9289. Check them out. Also, I wanted to mention um, Dr. Cassidy and I, Dr. Joe Cassidy, we, as I was called yesterday to go to the... uh, hospital to assist a lady that struggled with uh, substance abuse. Dr. Cassie and I do this every day, and uh, what we're what our little uh, system or our plan on how to help people quickly, quicker than the government, is to get you to make an appointment at Peachtree Health at 530-749-3242, 530-749-3242. That is a landline. And ask for Dr. Cassidy, get an appointment. If they say why, just say addiction, need addiction help. And uh, if you have a problem getting through because they have one of those uh, electronic systems, if that's frustrating to you and you're not well and you can't hang with that, just uh, you can text Dr. Cassidy one time. Don't blow up his phone. Somebody the other day called me four times in a row while I was on the other line. Just boom, 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 boom. Please don't do that. There is such a thing as voicemail, and just leave a text, 530-682-8648. Just leave him a text with your name. Just say addiction help and your phone number on his phone. Don't send 10 of them. Send one text. And just uh, if that doesn't work, I'm going to give you my number. If you're too impatient or if you think something happened, call me and you can call or text me and that's 530-713-1838 i will answer the phone Uh, if i don't answer the phone that means i'm on the other line so it doesn't help if you just keep calling 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 listen people please uh work on your courtesies 530-713-1838 that's me okay let's get back to business here and we'll get on to some other topics you realize that the uh, legislature of California voted to, um, you know, it's interesting. You start a business, you know, in free America, when free America started, you could start a business. You didn't have to ask anybody's opinion about whether you wanted to start a business. You didn't have to get a permit. You didn't have to get a license. You didn't have to take any surveys for the government. You didn't have to uh, file any fictitious name claims, um, deals with the county. You can just start your business. You didn't have to get all, uh, you didn't have to get their approval of your location. You didn't have to get the approval of, uh, uh, whether the building was sufficient. You could just move in and start. And, uh, there's other places in the world that you can do just that. But, but, uh, in the United States, they became more and more litigious, and regulatory. And so now the government tells you how much you, you have to pay your employees. You can't, they can't trust you to just leave that up to the market where the employee would choose to work for you or not. You know, no, no employees forced to work anywhere. They can choose to work for whatever wage they're offered. They could choose that. But the government has stepped in and says, well, we don't think that's righteous. So they're, they're like the, um, 
the standard or plumb line of righteousness. So they tell you how much you need to pay. And if the pay, pay uh, person wants to work nine hours instead of eight, he gets an hour of overtime. And they tell you how much the overtime is, you know, instead of leaving it up to the, you, you know, the government doesn't have anything invested in this. They just have been, co- they've been uh, arm twisted by unions to make it harder and harder and harder on businesses to survive and really unions want to run the businesses. So they keep getting the government, which is legislatures that you elect, elect legislators uh, to do things for them, like establish the working hour and the wages and the working conditions and um, holidays, whether to pay certain wages on holidays, how much on insurances, unemployment, on and on and on it goes. What we have is a socialist form of government now, and the only thing they don't own is the actual facilities. So uh, now uh, they passed and Governor Newsom signed a deal where there was going to be a board that was going to be established with Newsom appointing most of the board members that if you had a a franchise system or you had a a bunch of restaurants, 100 or more, then they were going to tell you how much you had to pay your people uh, way above any other wage for any other uh, uh, occupation. So it says the legislation would apply to chain restaurants with 100 or more locations across the United States. Uh, But an exemption is there for bakeries. Uh, as standalone and bread, <laughs> it's amazing. Though there, there's a carve-out existing for franchises operating a bakery that produces for sale bread as a standalone menu item. So somehow the bread-making operation got a, a pass. So members of the Fast Food Council uh, are permitted to raise minimum wages at places like McDonald's, Burger King, all these Wendy's, all those deals, to $22 per hour, representing an increase of over 40% over the fifteen fifty minimum wage now California insists upon, which I think is ridiculous. I don't think, I'm not going to argue with you over the amount of minimum wage. I'm saying that there shouldn't be any government telling employers how much they have to pay if they want to pay 50 cents an hour and there's people who want to work for 50 cents an hour then the government has no business to stick their nose in it if they want to pay 25 dollars an hour or 10 dollars an hour the government doesn't shouldn't have any say in that it should be the marketplace and where do you think people are going to go they're going to go to where they get treated the best and where they get paid the best so the market sorts all those things out. Uh, did you think the government told Apple that they had to pay Tim Cook $93 million a year? I don't think they did. So this has been been driven by the powerful Ser- Service Employees International Union. and uh, But people don't want it. So what happened to the whole thing of of the people, by the people, for the people? What if the people don't want it? Why are we having it? Why do we have minimum wage if people don't want it? What if a guy, what if a kid from high school who didn't know anything would would be willing to work for $10 an hour because he really wanted to work and learn so he could move on up? So McDonald's is, all these fast food franchises are against it. 
So a poll of labor economists found that 83% of opposed the Fast Recovery Act. That's what they call this, the Fast Recovery Act. Another survey from the International Franchise Association revealed that a mere 32% of Californians actually support the law. Well, when 68% of the citizens don't want something, why are we having it? you got to ask yourself. All signs are telling legislature, legislators to reject this bill. Voters don't want it. Consumers don't want high prices. And franchisees don't want corporations being forced to take over their businesses. So uh, this is going to force businesses out of business. McDonald's USA president contended that the law arbitrarily imposes higher costs on one type of restaurant while sparing other types of restaurants. That's typical of government people. They pick and choose their winners and their friends and foes. And uh, backroom politicking uh, created a carve-out for restaurants that happen to have a bakery. If you're a small business owner running two restaurants, that are just part of a national chain like McDonald's, you can be targeted by the bill. Like we have uh, one family that owns a few McDonald's in this general area. They're going to maybe be targeted by this. But if you own 20 restaurants yourself that are not part of a large chain, the bill does not apply to you. Listen, people, this is nonsensical. It's more crazy, bureaucratic mumbo-jumbo. And we need as as citizens, we need to put pressure on our governing boards, on our legislators to knock the minimum wage out. All day, We should get the government out of employment totally. It's a bummer, a big bummer, but it's what we're it's what's going on. And if nobody does anything about it, you just talk about it as if you're a third person and observer of a movie that's going on. You're going to get smashed by all this stuff. Now, the latest total fraud, I'm just telling you, the entire green energy effort is a fraud. It isn't green. There's nothing green about it. What it is is an, a method and an approach and an agenda to take over your freedoms and to tell you, well, you can't drink that water or you can't use that water or you can only use this much water or you can only use this much electricity at this time of day or you can't plug in your car or you can't plug in this. And now they're they're trying to cut off natural gas and the natural gas uses that we have many wonderful uses of natural gas, including many, many people cook with natural gas. And now they're saying, oh, that's toxic. It is not toxic. It is not toxic. I don't care what you hear on the media or they say science says it is not toxic. It is never. Maybe it's toxic to just wake up in the morning. Electric stoves are the most ineffective, inefficient and toxic types of uh, cooking devices there are. And this whole green, all the green lobby is trying to do is eliminate one thing after another thing after another. They're going to eliminate all gas uh, tools like a lawnmower or a gas weed eater or a gas blower or gas anything. They're going to eliminate it. They're going to eliminate. It's not because it's not effective. It's not because it's not green. They're saying that they just want to eliminate anything having to do with oil. 
and it it doesn't have uh, it's not based on the fact that they have a replacement for oil. They do not. In fact, they're already telling people they have to only turn on their electricity at certain times of the day. Y'all have already had PG&E saying, will you agree to only use electricity at, in these devices on these times of the day? Newsom's already saying, and we only have a few thousand electric cars in California. He's already saying, uh, I don't want you to plug in your cars right now. What's that mean? Like that eliminates your freedom, right? Right now with a fossil fuel car, as long as you can pick up gas somewhere on the way, you can go anywhere. You don't have to ask permission of the government. You can get up and drive to Idaho. You can drive to Florida. You can drive over to the coast. Anytime you want, you get up three in the morning. You don't have to ask permission. You know, you can't do that in other countries and communist countries. You cannot do that. COVID, you cannot leave your house. Other times, the police will stop you and say, you can't leave Saigon, you can't leave a village, you have to go back to your village. There's no questions asked about why. Oh, why? Just shut your mouth. They'll, they'll take you outside and hook you up and take you to jail. You just disappear. America continues to produce the highest amounts of natural gas in the world and fuel and natural gas and fuel and in all these natural resources in the world. But the federal government and the green lobby only want to use natural gas as a backup source for creating electricity. You got, they got to do that because what they're going to do is you think you see people fleeing California now? Oh, baby. When companies lose power, they're going to go broke in a month, in a month, because they, just like we saw in COVID, I met with a guy the other day, doctor, who with his doctoring, he took the profits from his doctoring and he invested in, in real estate, usually multiple family dwellings, like apartments and duplexes and stuff. And I met with him the other day and I, and he says, I said, oh, yeah, I heard you had a lot of uh, residential places. He said, not anymore. He said, since COVID, I'm selling everything. I've sold almost everything, and I'm just down to my last couple places. He said the government uh, caused me to go broke. Isn't that interesting? The government did. Not his bad decision-making. Not because he was a slumlord or something. The government ran him out of business. You know how they did it? They started covid and they, they're trying to break the back of the middle class. They started COVID. Do you think, oh, oh, you didn't you didn't hear that, that they actually manufactured COVID? Yeah, it was manufactured in the lab. And then they released it. If you haven't figured that out, uh, I'm not going to say I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. You're stupid, and that's on you, right? If you don't brush your teeth in the morning, that's on you. You don't read, that's on you. You don't wipe your butt, that's on you. That's not my problem. I don't feel bad about it. You're stupid enough to take the shot and you, baby. There was plenty of information out there. And so uh, with COVID, landlords were stuck. Renters did not have to pay them. But the landlords had to pay their mortgages. And you couldn't evict a renter that did not pay. But landlords had to pay their mortgages. So what happened? This this particular gentleman sold all his property. He said, I'm just going to go buy a farm. 
So do you think somebody else is going to buy that property? Yep, somebody else is going to go buy that property and see if they can survive the government abuse. I'm telling you people that the government of the United States of America is tyrannical all the way down to your cities and counties. They are tyrannical. Our local supervisors are still endorsing the shot that is killing thousands of people a day and giving them heart attacks. And, and some people are surviving like that football player, giving them strokes, blood clocks. They're still endorsing that your local supervisors. You think, well, yeah, you don't have to take it. No, you don't now. You don't now. What does it say when they take your tax dollars and pay a health officer $300,000 or $400,000 a year to endorse things that will kill you? Not, not, not help you with stopping smoking, not helping you get off drugs, not helping you live a better life or eating better. Why do you even need government to be involved in it anyway? This government is poisoning people. Your local government, Yuba Sutter counties, is poisoning you and your kids. Think about it. Encouraging them to take vaccines that are poisonous and causing autism. Encouraging you to take COVID shots that aren't stopping COVID. Aren't stopping you from giving it to COVID. Aren't stopping you from having to wear a mask. Isn't it unusual to to you that you're supposed to take the shots and still wear a mask? And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, you don't have to wear a mask anymore. Don't you think that's odd? They're liars, people, and they're tyrants. Now, they're now they're saying you they're going to tell you to get rid of all your gas stoves. Anything that has is gas powered. Can you they they say these things? These people <coughs> are not only ignorant but they're evil. You're not going to be able to just dump your gas stove and put in an electric stove. Why? Because you have to have special hookup to have electric stove. You got to pay to have two twenty brought in. Or hooked up. You have to have an electrician. You got to go out and buy that stove. Oh, we're going to give you credits. Credits are not uh, refundable necessarily. They may they may reduce a tax, but they're not necessarily dollar for dollar refundable. You're not going to get a check in the mail. It's just crazy what's going on. It has nothing to do with making our making our world a healthier world. We'll be right back. We got another half half show to go. Beyond the sea, somewhere waiting for me. My lover stands on golden sands and watches the ships that go sailing somewhere. I was reading a blog post the other day about polar bears. Lovely creatures, aren't they? Although, up until recently, we've been really worried about them because, according to Al Gore in his Inconvenient Truth that came out in 2006, uh, we were told that the polar bear population were desperately depleting and that they were starving up there in the Arctic and they were stuck on ice that was melting, having to swim up to 60 miles to find food. And how we were saddened by that news. Well, I was 
reading in this blog that that's actually not true, that polar bears don't just sit on the ice and hope that food is around them, that they actually, like most species, will go wandering looking where the food is. So if their food supply moves, they'll go after it. And of course they are a land-based animal, so that they, they will go into the places where they need to go. And according to the article, the Canadian Arctic now has discovered that the, the population of polar bears has increased dramatically, not decreased as we were told because of climate change. There are actually more of them, so much so that the management of them is a bit of a problem and they're even considering that they may need to reduce it. Now that's interesting because I'm not sure that you're supposed to cull an endangered species but no doubt they'll make the arrangements. If there's too many of them, I suppose, we'll just have to reduce the numbers somehow or other. But it does become a little bit inconvenient, does it not, for those people who are saying it's all down to climate change, that the polar bears are disappearing, pulling on our heartstrings and making us somewhat worried. Which made me think, I wonder how much more of the claims that the climate change people are telling us is actually true. Maybe they, those other items that they say about climate change are equally pulling on our emotional heartstrings and not actually based on any fact whatsoever. So Devin Nunes ultimately left the House Intel Committee. In fact, he left the House of Representatives. Eric Swallow of California went on the Intel Committee and now he's getting booted off the Intel Committee and he's very mad about it. He went on television yesterday to claim he's being ejected from this committee out of, quote, pure vengeance. Watch. Chris, the only person who supports this is my wife, who is like, great, you're going to be home to change more diapers. I love it. Um, but the, the truth is, Chris, it, it's purely vengeance. And I just want to walk your viewers through this, because this happened uh, nearly 10 years ago. The FBI told me that someone who had been helping our campaign in a district with 35% Asian Americans may be working with the Chinese government. I did what I hope every one of my colleagues would do, which was to help the FBI get this person out of the country. It's only now that a Trump intel official had leaked my cooperation to suggest that there was some wrongdoing on my part. Yeah, it's just political vengeance, says Eric Swell. But that's not true. And actually, we did some reporting on this because what actually happened is important. So the last director of national intelligence went to Capitol Hill and briefed the intel committees about foreign espionage threats. And at the time, he recommended to the so-called Gang of Eight that Eric Swalwell, the man you just saw, be removed from the House Intel Committee, the most sensitive committee in the House of Representatives. Why? Because he'd been compromised by China. And that's not an overstatement. A Chinese spy helped get Eric Swalwell elected to the Congress. A Chinese spy raised money for Eric Swalwell's campaign. A Chinese spy campaigned for Eric Swalwell. A Chinese spy placed staffers in Eric Swalwell's office. But the main problem, and the main problem that the intel community had with Eric Swalwell, is that he had sex with a Chinese spy. Now, we've made fun of him over the years for this, but it's real. And Swalwell has never denied it because he can't deny it. And everyone who's looked into it knows that it's true. So we're not here to cast aspersions on Eric Swalwell's personal life. But if you're having sex with a Chinese spy, sorry, you can't be on the House Intel Committee. It's that simple. Well, on this recent summit in Moscow, I was told one as we were leaving that they were telling among themselves. They had it that 
Gorbachev and I were in his limousine, and my Secret Service chief was in with us, and his top security agent with him, and we were sightseeing. And we came to a waterfall, and we all got out to look. And Gorbachev said to my Secret Service man, go ahead, jump, go over the falls. And he said, I got a wife and three kids. Well, he turned to his own man then and said, you, jump, go over the falls. And he did. Well, my man went down the rocks around the falls to see if he could be of help or anything and found him out there wringing out his clothes. And he said, why did you do that? He said, when he told you to jump and go over the falls, why did you do that? The fellow said, I got a wife and three kids. It's good to be in a comic club. I got COVID yesterday. And <laughs> nice to be feeling good and around people. <laughs> I got, I got COVID uh, two weeks ago. It was a breakthrough. I love saying that. It makes me feel like I accomplished something. <laughs> I had a breakthrough, you guys. It was great. I found out at urgent care. That's where you find out. You find, urgent care is what tells you that you had COVID. Yeah, the doctor put the thing up my nose, comes back in the room two minutes later, and she goes, you got COVID, buddy. That was how she delivered it. She called me buddy. That was the professionalism. Yeah, I wonder if that's how she does like other news. She's like, I got bad news. You got terminal cancer, amigo. When I woke up in the morning, felt like I was coming down to joy. What did I When I was coming down Had a brand new story But I was coming down So the Wall Street Journal wrote an editorial <clears throat> and they talked about the net effect of all these new government red tape. And here's her quote. There really is a culture war coming over gas stoves. It's amazing. And everything else involving fossil fuels, because cl climate has become, for the f left, a matter of core cultural identity. Progressives want to impose their values on the lifestyle of every one of us, including in the kitchen. If subsidies don't work, then coercion will. When they can't win the political debate, they resort to brute government force. That's exactly what's going on. Right down at your local little city and county, brute government force. Don't you ever think, oh, well, it's just, the you know, well, they're trying to do this. No, no, no. Listen, people, you give up your freedom too easily. They go on to say, unless, they, unless and until Beltway, that means Washington leftists, come to their senses, be warned. If you own anything that's powered by either gasoline or natural gas, the government is striving to eventually make it difficult, if not impossible, to utilize. As its latest foray into green energy mandate shows, it's more than happy to browbeat you into conformity. Now, can't you just imagine? You saw it was when people would scowl at you and comment, wear a mask. Don't you have a mask? Don't you care about anybody? Can't you imagine you go out and you have your weed eater that's gas-powered, and you're out there weed eating, and your and your neighbors phone the uh, the green police, the green police, 
to come over and tell you you can't use your weed eater or they uh, confiscate your weed eater or uh, your lawnmower or your chainsaw. Now we got to go to electric chainsaws because Karens in the community are complaining, hey, he's not wearing, he's not using the proper saw to do that. Hey, he's not doing this. Hey, he's not doing that. All of a sudden you have a communist culture where people are throwing everybody under the curb. Why were they or under the bus? Do you know why people throw people under the bus? Because they think that uh, they become uh, government gophers. Gophers for the government. And you see that where there's lack of freedom, where freedom has been eliminated. And so life is about obedience and compliance to the big government. The thing is, our founding fathers threw that off. And we said, we're done with that. And they wrote in the Constitution, and we're not wanting any part of that. And yet, as human beings, we are giving in, and we're, we're actually giving it away. We're actually giving our rights and our freedoms away to the uh, government. So we got people in the our, our, our government right now, instead of worrying about foreign powers that are wanting to take us over, uh, they're worried about... Uh, Gas co- stoves causing brain damage. Totally a lie. Totally a lie. Remember AOC? Who said a few years ago that we just had 12 years and that's all we had. And uh, we're not going to. They call her the uh, hyena of Congress, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. And. uh She's been lecturing the world on the evils of gas stove. Listen, people, I, I, I'm not against bartenders. This gal has no, this gal, have you ever seen her in Congress? She's an absolute idiot. She has no idea what she's talking about. She's lecturing the world on the evils of gas stoves. And now we got Democrats like Senator Scott Weiner, who focuses mostly on his Weiner in most of his work. Uh, he's a homosexual from San Francisco. Now he's hawking the same stuff as AOC because Scott Weiner is, uh, I think he's terming out finally, thank you, Jesus. And he's the one that's putting through all the pervert bills that we have to follow in the state of California. But uh, on and on it goes. The nation's actually laughing Uh as she preaches her anti-gas stove sermons for the Church of the Greens, claiming that national, natural gas causes brain damage in children. Let me tell you what causes brain damage in children. That would be all the different vaccines, like 50, 60, 70, 80 glass vaccines. Uh, but it's the most in, in, incredible thing. Uh, the vast majority of those involved and are complaining, have gas stoves themselves. They're cooking with gas. Gas gas is the superior way to cook. It's the elite way to cook. All your restaurants have gas stoves. So in other words, it's another deal where uh, they're going to pay a carbon credit. You know, Al Gore wants you to live in a small 300-foot apartment, but he lives in a 20,000-square-foot house. The people say, don't, don't, you know, that the, the tides are rising because the 
the glaciers are melting. So don't buy anything on the coast. Then Obama and all the rest of them buy coastal mansions where they can look right out and see the water. They don't think they're going to flood, but they tell you that everybody's going to flood. So therefore, we need to comply with all these rules, right? Gas stoves for me, but not for thee. This is class warfare, people. The, the, the underpinnings of the, the warfare of communism is called class warfare. It's not like the poor versus the rich always. Could be the, it could be ethnic. Class warfare, in case you haven't figured it all out, under the guise of saving the planet, the political elite class is stripping Americans of their rights and liberties, while at the same time enriching themselves with the best cookware, the best private airplanes, and the best lavish estates. You get the drill. You remember all these people that are greenies flying down to Epstein Island on private jets to screw little girls? They weren't paying any carbon credits for that. They didn't have to go to jail for that. It's amazing to me. They put We put pedophiles and, and uh, statutory rape people in jail for quite a few years around here usually. But if you've got enough money, and as long as you promote the right things, like let's get rid of gas stoves, let, hey, let's get rid of carbon emissions, let's get rid of fossil fuels, although there's no such thing. You can fly down in your own jet to Epstein Island. You remember Michael Bloomberg, the mayor of New York? He would he would spend his weekdays as mayor in New York, and he'd spend his weekends not not in Upper New York, not in Colorado, but in Bahamas. In the Bahamas. Listen, people, pay attention to what they're saying and what they're doing. A World Economic Forum partner called Carbon Free Buildings. That's a business called Carbon Free Buildings is reportedly behind the anti-gas stove agenda. Who do you think is going to make a lot of money on that? Organizations like Carbon Free Buildings. They just make a business out of thin air. You remember Al Gore when he did his Inconvenient Truth and got an Oscar award? He put his mouth where his money was, where his investments were, and he made millions and millions of dollars off the green energy sham. The CEO of a business called Carbon Free Buildings wants to rid the entire world of carbon emissions. I want carbon emissions. I want lots of carbon emissions because plants grow good and uh, we need to eat stuff that breathes in carbon. Did you know that humans are made of carbons? So when you say, let's, let's eliminate the world of carbon emissions, I'm telling you people, when they say they want to get rid of 7 billion people, I know you just think, unfortunately, you're not hearing it, you're not paying attention, and you're not believing it. And then you're the ones that are going to go, I, I don't know where I got this myocarditis. I don't know. All I got this cancer. Got, all of a sudden, I got cancer. Dude, you, let, you shoved it. You shoved it right in your own arm. You know, it's amazing. The government right now, if you're paying attention, they're saying it. They said, hey, we didn't force anybody to take the jab. It was all voluntary. Really? Voluntary? 
You cut out, oh, you can't go to a sporting event. You can't have your kids in Little League. You can't have them in, in school. You can't have them in a dance class. You, you, gotta, you can't go out to eat together. You can't go see Grandma. And then they say, oh, well, if you'll take the jab, then everything will be, go back to normal. Oh, really? That's not pushing you to do it? That's not holding the gun to your head? People are afraid of government. Particularly many refugees, many new people in this country are deathly afraid of government because they don't want to have to be taken out of this country and sent back to where they came from. This writer says the left is really scraping the bottom of the IQ barrel with this latest stunt of stoves and gas, which is highly unlikely to go over well, even among many Democrats. People are tired of being told that everything they eat and do is destroying the planet, even while their leaders gallivant around the world screwing little girls in the Bahamas or on their big jets or on their big luxury cruisers, boats and stuff that run on fossil fuels. The other point is that electricity is very unreliable. There's not enough of it. We can't produce enough of it. Bird blenders and solar power, solar array systems are dirty, dirty, dirty. And they only, they're intermittent. The sun ain't out all the time and the wind ain't blowing all the time. If one's entire home is all electric just think about during an, an outage or a cold winter storm. It could kill the whole family, people. What do you think about that? This is serious business. The other day when the power went off here for 12 hours, which is very unusual in the city of Marysville because there's all kinds of Caltransits here, two law enforcement departments are here, the hospital's here. Usually we get power back really quick because they all have to go into generators. They got a jail here, juvenile hall here, all kinds of stuff. People that don't have any, like for instance, when the power went off, I could still use my gas stove and I could still use my hot water heater. And I, because it was, uh, it, it was not dependent on electricity. When, when, ele when you're, when all those things are gone and all you have is electricity, baby, it's, you're in trouble. People will be starting fires inside their own house with wood. Something to think about, something to act on. I'm, you know, somebody's, I said last week, somebody's uh, suggested that the New Year's resolution should be fighting for the republic, determined to fight for the republic in 2023, because if you don't, it's going down the tubes. That may not make any difference. I heard a lot of people, oh, well, you know, you guys out of glad tidings, you know, you're rebellious. You should obey the government. Oh, all kinds of Christian people. Totally nuts. So they don't even know. They can't even spell the word Bible. They can make it to church. It's kind of like making it to a movie. That's all they do. It's just like they go to the movie every Sunday morning. What time's the show start? Is the music any good? And they go home and screw the neighbor. Smoke weed, drink wine. Don't pay their don't don't pay people they owe money to. 
cuss people out on the phone. Not Christian people. This Hunter Biden must be a real, you know, I work with some pretty gnarly people, and I believe that anybody can get saved. You know what I mean by that? That means literally get saved. That means you're so screwed up. It's like you're out in the middle of the water and you can't swim. Somebody throws you a life preserver. That's saved. You were going down for the count. Hunter Biden is one piece of work. So he knocked a gal up. He said he doesn't even remember knocking her up, but according to DNA, DNA, he did. Now DNA can prove these things. So there's a gal named London, L-U-N-D-E-N, Roberts. Oh, sorry. Uh... Yeah, it's London Roberts. She's the mother of a girl, little girl named Navy Joan Roberts. And she said Hunter Biden and her were together, and they had this girl that she named Navy Joan Roberts. So she asked the court to, and they've already been to court before, to determine that Biden was the uh, father and he denied it, but the DNA proved it. Said, can't even remember. Have no clue with, about this woman. Don't remember producing a child. And so the woman just wants to take the Biden name for the girl. Not for her. London Roberts, okay with her last name, but since the father's a Biden... She thought it should be right for the kid to have the benefit of the Biden last name, no matter what you... Now, I wouldn't want my kid to have a Biden last name, but she thought it'd be good. That's good for the kid. So you know what Hunter Biden's argument was? He's a real messed up guy, and including the whole Biden situation, and it, and it would actually hurt the kid to have a Biden last name. That's his argument. <laughs> like, you don't want my last name. He even mentioned the federal investigation into his tax issues and his dealings with the Ukraine, Ukrainian energy giant Burisma, right in court, child custody court, not custody court, but the naming of the child. He accused the woman of being motivated by political warfare. Oh, I'd have loved to have been in there and listened to this. Normally, I don't like to go to court and listen, but I would have loved to listen to the arguments. Robert's disparaging comments and various other motions or responses in this case are evident of scorn in the community for the Biden name. The only thing that's keeping Biden out of jail is the Biden name, for goodness sakes. In January 2020, Judge Meyer ruled that Hunter Biden is Baby Doe's father following the DNA test. The results of DNA tests indicate with near scientific certainty that the defendant is the biological father of the child in this case. In his book, Beautiful Things, Hunter Biden, he wrote a book. He's a painter. He's a this, he's a that, right? I mean, he puts his picture of him naked, screwing underage kids and smoking crack. He makes a record of it. 
In his book, Beautiful Things, Hunter Biden wrote, he challenged Robert's paternity case because he had no recollection of their encounter. That doesn't surprise me. The other women I'd been with during rampages since my divorce were hardly the dating type. <laughs> we would satisfy our immediate needs and little else, Hunter wrote. I'm not proud of it. You know, something we do a lot of things we're not proud of, but we need to like deal with the consequences. But rich people like the Carries and the Bidens and the Clintons and the Bloombergs and the Schwabs. By the way, you ought to look at a message from Church of Glad Tidings. I think it was a couple of weeks ago where Dave Bryan talked about Klaus Schwab and his father, Eugene, or maybe they said it's E-U-G-E-N. Maybe they called it Eugene in German. I don't know how it's said in German. He was a main squeeze of Adolf Hitler in the Nazi party. These people are Nazis. They're nuts, people. Pay attention. Pay attention. All right. Let me mention, uh, we've got about a minute left before I start another topic. I want to mention that uh, my friends at Thrifty Rooter, the Artominko family, thriftyrooter.net, if you want to find out what they do. My friend said, Lou, mainly these guys are just experts at cleaning out lines. They boom. They don't plumb houses. They clean out lines and just like rooter thriftyrooter.net look it up you can see all the stuff they do they get your septic tank squared away make sure things are flowing right thrifty rooter they got all kinds of vans they get there quick isn't it isn't that what we want we want there somebody to get there quick so call them at 530-673-8201 530-673-8201 they got dispatchers all hot and bothered ready to call out one of their technicians to Solve your problem. Uh, all right. I will be right back, and we're going to do our fifth segment here in just a moment. Make them pay for months of earnings. Oh, that's a good one. Have them look for lost receipts. Ooh, I like it. They'll have about as much fun as their last colonoscopy. People everywhere will get ripped off the paper version of the Apple Watch. And we'll dance all night. It's the best code ever. Some folks pay a lot. Others, they pay never. And you'll get tax breaks if you're really clever. It'll take so long. It's the best code ever. They'll be like, oh, oh, no. We'll be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll be like, oh. that all your info on our systems can be hacked with ease you know it's true yeah but rest assured if they don't get them they'll be in the care of folks like these yes historians will all agree among the greatest works in history and we'll dance all night it's the best code ever some folks pay a lot others they Jail, however, why would you not buy? It's the best code ever. They'd be like, 
He's not wrong. Listen to this. Why exactly are we still paying taxes in this country? Tax money used to go to better our communities, police, roads, schools, housing the homeless. None of which is happening anymore in this country. None of it. The police aren't allowed to arrest the criminals. That's why it's Thunderdome out there. The roads, forget about it. My car fell in a pothole. It took me four and a half hours to get out of it two weeks ago. Schools, they don't teach the kids real subjects that will help them in the future anymore. They teach them about sex at age six and how they're guilty about something that happened 400 years ago before their great-grandfather was alive. Homeless, have you been to a Democrat city lately? People shooting up drugs in the street, dropping piles of feces all over the place. I don't know why, but I guess Democrats love piles of feces. Apparently, because it, it, it reminds them of the people that they vote for. Why are we paying taxes? We should not be paying taxes anymore in this country. We get nothing in return. Nothing. Turn to the FBI. How many FBI agents actively participated in the events of January 6th? Sir, I can't, I can't answer that. Did any FBI agents any or FBI informants actively encourage and incite crimes of violence on January 6th? Sir, I can't answer that. Ms. Sadburn, who is Ray Epps? I'm aware of the individual, sir. Uh, I don't have the specific background to him. On January 6th, Mr. Epps is seen whispering to a person, and five seconds after he's whispering to a person, that same person begins to forcibly tear down the barricades. Shortly thereafter, the FBI put out a public post listing, seeking information on individuals connected with violent crimes on January 6th. Among those individuals in the bottom there is Mr. Epps. The FBI publicly asked for information leading to the arrest. This was posted, and then, sometime later, magically, Mr. Epps disappeared from the public posting. My question to you, and this is a, this is not an ordinary law enforcement question, this is a question of a public accountability. Did federal agents actively encourage violent and criminal conduct on January 6th? Similar to the other answers, I cannot answer. Now, I want to talk to those of you who are woke and who are open to rational argument. A small minority, I accept. <laughs> because one of the tenets of wokeness is, of course, that your feelings matter more than the truth. But I believe in you. I believe there are those of you here who are woke, who are open to rational arguments, so let me make one. We are told that your generation cares more than any other about one issue in particular, and that issue is climate change. We're told that many of you suffer from climate anxiety. You wish to save the planet. And for tonight, and tonight only, I will join you. I will join you in worshiping at the feet of St. Greta of climate change. Let us all accept right here, right now, that we are living through a climate emergency and our stocks of polar bears are running extremely low. I join you in this view. I truly do. Now, what are we to do about this huge problem facing humanity? What can we in Britain do? We can only do one thing. You know why? This country is responsible for 2% of global carbon emissions, which means that if Britain was to sink into the sea right now, it would make absolutely no difference to the issue of climate change. You know why? Because the future of the climate is going to be decided in Asia and in Latin America by poor people who couldn't give a shit about saving the planet. No, thank you. No, thank you. It's going to be decided by poor people in Asia and Latin America who don't care about saving the planet. You know why? Because they're poor. Because they're poor. I come from Russia, which is not a poor country, it's a middle-income country. 20% of households in Russia do not have an indoor toilet. 
What they have is an outdoor toilet. And I don't mean one of those nice port that we get here. I don't even mean a Glastonbury port <laughs> I mean a wooden shack with a hole in the ground that holds a collected fermented memory of the last 10,000 visits. <laughs> How many of you are going to go home tonight and say, let's rip out our bathroom and erect a Siberian shithouse in the back garden? <laughs> and if you're not, why should they? 120 million people in China do not have enough food. I don't mean that they don't get dessert. I mean they suffer from malnutrition. That means that their immune system is breaking down because they don't have enough food. You're not going to get them to stay poor. Imagine you're Xi Jinping, the leader of China. When you were 10 years old, there was a revolution, a cultural revolution in your country. And people came and they put your father in prison. Your mother had to denounce him. Your sister killed herself. And you, no longer enjoying the protection of your formerly powerful father, were sent to a village where you lived in a cave house. And here you are, decades later, you have clawed your way up the bloody and greasy pole of Chinese politics to be the undisputed supreme leader of the very Communist Party that destroyed your family. And you know that the main thing you have to do to survive and to stay in power is to deliver the one thing that the people of China want prosperity, economic growth. Where do you think climate change ranks on Xi Jinping's list of priorities? A third of all children who live in extreme poverty in the world live in India. That means they are starving and dying of preventable disease. Now, about 15 months ago, my wife got pregnant. Not me, because we're old school. <laughs> And for nine months, we talked about what our boy would look like, what he might do when he grows up. We looked at baby scans and videos on YouTube about what the fetus looks like at nine months and 12 months and 20 months. And eventually he was born. And he is this cute little bundle of joy. He's cuter than about 80% of puppies, right? <laughs> now, if you said to me that I had a choice, either my son had a serious risk of starving or dying from a preventable disease in the next year. Or I could press a button and he would live. He would go to school. He would bring his first girlfriend home. He'd go to university and graduate and become a woke idiot. <laughs> and then he'd get a job and get married and have children and become a man. But all I have to do is press this button. And for every day of my son's life, a giant plume of CO2 is going to re get released into the atmosphere. Now, you're all very young, and most of you are not parents. Let me tell you something. There is not a parent in the world who would not smash that button so hard their hand bled. You are not going to get these people to stay poor. You're not even going to get them to not want to be richer. And so, I put it to you, ladies and gentlemen, there is only one thing we can do in this country to stop climate change, and that is to make scientific and technological breakthroughs that will create the clean energy that is not only clean, but also cheap.
And the, no, thank you. And the only, I, I want everyone to get home on time today, which is not going to happen. And the only thing that wokeness has to offer in exchange is to brainwash bright young minds like you to believe that you are victims, to believe that you have no agency, to believe that what you must do to improve the world is to complain, is to protest, is to throw soup on paintings. And we on this side of the house are not on this side of the house because we do not wish to improve the world. We sit on this side of the house because we know that the way to improve the world is to work, is to create, it is to build. And the problem with woke culture is that it's trained too many young minds like yours to forget about that. White skin got assassin's eyes I'm looking up into the sapphire-tinted skies I'm wild-dressed Waiting on the last train Yeah, I was shocked. I, I had a little leak in my roof. We had some really big downpours here in California this last few weeks. And uh, all of a sudden, I, I had some shingles that had been blowing off the south side of my house. I wanted them patched, replaced. My my whole roof, I think, needs to be replaced in a couple of years. But so my friend Ted Holmes with uh, Plumbing Doctor, he said, Lou, call uh, American Roofing. And uh, so I called him and, and uh, I thought, oh, this is they're probably not even calling me back. But they called me right back. And then they scheduled a time for a fellow to stop by, stop by right on time. Boom. And. Uh, Climbed up on my roof and said, oh, yeah, you got this problem, that problem. I had some roof jacks that were kind of blowing. They were moving around, needed to be replaced. So they're going to come back and get on it. And I thought, this is amazing. In the midst of this area, which has been dilute, had a deluge hit it, man. We had, I don't know how many inches of rain we got. We got leaks all over town. This guy got right over here, got up on the roof, boom. Took photos, brought it down to me so I didn't have to climb up myself. And uh, what a great, what a great service! And uh, going to get back to me with a figure how much it's going to cost. Get up there and fix it, which I'm interested in getting it fixed. I like my house repaired, so whether it's plumbing, or uh, whether it's my car needing fixed, or something breaks in my kitchen, whatever, I just fix it. I just spend the money to fix it. And so, if you want, if you got some roof, hey, if you got some roofing problems, I call American. American Roofing. I'll get the number for you before it's over here, and uh, give give them a shout out because they were on it. They're very nice too. Very nice people. The other guys, Greenest Construction. They help me all the time. We're working on nonprofit projects, volunteer projects, plus stuff here, there, and everywhere on church projects. And when it, I'll tell you, I have looked up. Dave, actually, I'm connected with the Greenest Construction Firm on Facebook, and so anytime they finish a job, they post the, the photos before and after on Facebook. And uh, I am always impressed and give them a little shout-out uh, on Facebook. So if you want to check it out, you're thinking about redoing your bathroom or your kitchen or maybe doing a, a home remodel and adjusting things in general, 
uh, you should give them a look because they are reputable. You know, a lot of times people think, oh, how long has you been in business here? Oh, we just moved here. Or he's been here two years, just starting out, but he's really good. Well, they may be good. I don't know. They may be good. But Greenest Construction has been here over 40 years. And um, even when there's a huge housing bubble that pops and nobody's doing anything, they're still working. So you can check them out at greenetsconstruction.com. That's the, the color green with E-T-Z on the end, greenetsconstruction.com. Or you could go to Dave Greenest Construction Facebook page and check it out yourself. You, you know, I could give you all kinds of superlatives and adjectives and describe the work, but just go look at it and then shoot them a message off those platforms, or you can text or dial them at 530-682-9602, 682-9602. And I think you're going to be really happy. I think, you know, I'm always happy when somebody fixes something that's broken over here. And it bothers me when things are not working right. Or things have come undone or it doesn't function properly and uh, have you ever had a gas stove oh, i have i've never liked them even if even if you really believe they were going to save the world i wouldn't be happy using one i think oh yeah we're saving the world today but i'm really miserable because this stinking electric stove does not work so anyhow um All right. Well, what do you think about all these people dying? You think it's just a hype, uh, a dink hypothetical, not hypothetical, let's see, a coincidence or a chance occurrence, right? All these, or do you just think there's a lot of media exposure and it's, we're just making a mountain out of a molehill? You ever heard that term, mountain out of a molehill? So T- Tyler Durden, who writes for the, um, Oh, no, I can't even think of who he writes for. I'll have to look it up in a minute. He he writes, we hate to say it, but another day, another mysterious and unexpected death of a seemingly normal collegiate athlete. As we wrote yesterday, either there is a new focus in media on reporting about the untimely deaths of athletes and young people, or something very odd appears to be happening across the country. What could be happening that's different in the last couple of years that we've never faced before? Mysterious jabs. Jack Madison, a sophomore at the Colorado College uh, men's tennis team, passed away in his sleep on January 2. Colorado College Vice President Director of Athletics Leslie Irvin said, We are devastated. He was a sought-after athlete. The piece notes that Madison was recruited uh, where he from Bexley, Ohio, where he was a two-time All-State selection at Columbus Academy. His cause of death has not been announced. It will never be announced. Do you think Dr. Lou here in Yuba Sutter County is ever going to announce all the deaths we're having and what they were caused? No, she's only going to find some 85-year-old lady that got run over in a crosswalk and has half her lung missing because of cancer, she goes, oh, she died of COVID. (laughs) Come on, people. How much bullshit are you going to put up with around here? He loved tennis. He's a big tennis star. Tyler Durden says, 
I think just the dirt and dispatch, which is what it's it's usually an investment letter, dirt and dispatch. That's what it is. Madison's death follows a growing list of mysterious deaths and medical episodes among young people. January 12th, we told you about Jordan Brister. Remember Jordan Brister? 18 years old, a Las Vegas high student who collapsed and died in the bathroom after gym class. I can't, you know, back in the days at Marysville High School, back in the 60s, kids would drop left and right. Every month you lose a kid, just, you know, have a, say a few words over him, over, you know, towel him off and send him home dead to his parents. Yeah, it happened all the time. Brister's death came a week, uh, same week as the death of another Las Vegas student. Man, those Las Vegas students, Brister died, and then uh, that was, uh, on the 8th, that was when he collapsed, and another student, a 16-year-old, Ashari Hughes, we talked about her before, she died just three days prior. And, and you know, flag football's dangerous, and kids get worked up, lathered up. So she went to Desert Oasis High School, and so uh, she went down. And, uh, but you know, back in the day, you remember going to Marisol High School, Yuba City High School, some of East Nicholas, how the, all the kids had died while you were there. Just healthy kids, didn't smoke, didn't do crack. They were, like, healthy. They liked to compete. They were healthy as a horse. Then the first week of January 2023, Tyler Durden wrote about 21-year-old Air Force football player Hunter Brown, who suffered a medical emergency, as they say. I can see Dr. Lou. Oh, we have no idea. Well, it's going to take years to figure that out. Darn. He was just walking to class. Yeah, he had high blood pressure or something. You know, he was just thinking about playing on the football field, and maybe he was his adrenaline was pumping, just walking to class. And he passed away just walking down the sidewalk. And we told you about Victoria Lee, 18-year-old girl. She's a rising star in the one championship mixed martial arts promotion. She died in her sleep. Happens all the time. Why are we even spending all this time on this? In January also, the old Dominion basketball player, Imo or Emo Essien, collapsed on the court right in the middle of the game. How could he do that? I wonder if he got charged on delay of game. He died, and he he collapsed about a little over a week after Damar Hamlin. And there's all kinds of I don't think I have a time to do it, but there's big write-ups on Damar Hamlin. Do you know that no one? Do you realize that the uh, they say, oh well, he took this hit right in the chest, and there's a syndrome that happens if you take a real sharp sharp shot to the sternum. Do you realize that the pads? of the football player descend down the front a bit to protect that sternum area. And do you know that in a hundred years, according to Peter McCullough, the, the renowned world-class specialist of the heart, that no one in football has died from the syndrome in 100 years, in 100 years, people. Uh, I don't know whether I can find the, the name of the syndrome. It's something Corpio or something like that. It's a it's a heart. When you take a sharp trauma to the sternum, they probably know about it in mix, mixed martial arts. But uh, anyway, 
they, I have these huge articles studying all the heart issues regarding all these athletes. So, um, Damar Hamlin, Peter McCullough believes, uh, was a, uh, a victim of the jab. He's just giving his educated guess, but I would say his educated guess is better than anybody else's in America. But he says, I don't think he took a shot to the sternum that hit, hurt him, but, but he said baseball players have taken shot baseball to the sternum and killed, killed him, caused him to have a heart attack, but not football players. Isn't that interesting? But then we have, Oh, what's his name? His name's Harris. I think I cut off his first name. The American Idol competitor, 31, he died. And then Ahmad Galloway. Ahmad Galloway was an Alabama football star, world class. He's an old guy, 42. He died. And then a Washington State firefighter, doing calls i've been uh, i've been at yuba city fire when i saw him go out come back in go back to bed go out come back in go back to bed go out come back in go back to bed and i'm uh, or uh, this washington state firefighter he's 46 he's an old guy he came in from a call with his firefighters did probably did a medical aid came out get got back back to, to bed and never woke up again hmm I don't know, maybe Lisa Marie Presley, Elvis's daughter. She's getting pretty old, 54. I used to think that was really old. Now I think that's pretty young. But she dropped dead, had a heart problem. So people are dropping dead from the COVID jab, right? So over the past two years, more than 1,650 professional amateur athletes have collapsed due to cardiac events and 1,148 died Peter McCullough the doc, famous doctor from Austin, Texas at Baylor University he thinks that the jab had something to do with it oh let me tell you when a person takes a shot to the sternum and it causes a heart attack it's called commotio cordis C-O-O-M sorry C-O-M-M O-T-I-O, comotio, second word, cordis, C-O-R-D-I-S. He says the the condition called comortio, cordis, is known to occur in baseball when a player is hit hard on the breastbone, thereby causing cardiac arrest. There are probably 20 or 30 such cases each year. Wow, I never heard of that. But never, this is a powerful word, never. Never means that you can't ever have it. Never. That's an in, no, ever. Not ever, no, ever, never. Never in pro football. Commodio cordis can likely be ruled out according to McCullough in Hamlin's cardiac arrest. With every passing day, the list of people suffering tragic consequences from COVID and mRNA shot grows longer. The U.S. Vaccine Adverse Events Reporting 
Systems has 33,334 reports of post-jab deaths. Do you realize that that's just 1% of what they believe the problem is because there's so few people use that reporting mechanism? It's just totally voluntary. That means multiply that times 100. That's not uh, 330,000 folks. That's 3.3 million deaths if you multiply that. If if 33,000 is 1%, you're up into the millions of post-jab death. That's after you took the jab. Then there's 26,000. If you multiply that out, they're up to... 2,000,000.26 cases of myocarditis. And on top of that, there are 1,000,000.55,000 heart attacks. Bad people. You know, have you ever wondered, since we're so much smarter nowadays, and it's a brand new world, when and if the vaccine is decided that it's killing people and making people sick, do you know that many more people have died from the jab than died from COVID, even with the fraudulent reporting of people like Fong Lu, the health officer locally? You know, back in the swine flu in 1970s, after about 25 people had adverse reactions from the flying swine flu vaccine, they they pulled hundreds of millions of shots off the market, took and dumped them. What is going on? Have you ever asked this? If they're willing to have 20, 30, 20 or 30 adverse reaction experiences with a vaccine and they pull it off the market, what is going on today when we have millions of adverse reactions? And, and we got the Eubin Sutter County supervisors endorsing it today. Mid-January 2023, today. They're not, they're, not squib, they're not quibbling over it. Do you know a lot of them stood in a, in a YouTube video and told people to follow Dr. Fong Lu's admonitions, who's killed more people. Dr. Fong, you know, you know what Yuba City's known for? Juan Corona. He killed maybe... 29, they think maybe, well, they found 29 bodies, didn't they? Mass murder. He doesn't hold, he doesn't hold a candle to Dr. Fong Lu. She takes the cake, as someone once said. She takes the prize. She gets the trophy for killing more people in the history of the, of the, uh, the counties of Yuba and Sutter County. No one. To call her a health doctor is like saying to Joseph Mingla, he was a health doctor for the Nazis. This is a train wreck, people, but, but the people that stand in authority and leadership in our community have no balls, have no backbone, and should, should resign. They have committed atrocities in our communities and are hiding behind the finger-pointing of other, to other people. They will not take any responsibility. Shame on them. 
for taking an oath of office, swearing to defend and protect and back their constituents. Shame on them. They are hypocrites. They are, they are like a, uh, a mass murderer, you know, luring somebody by uh, false promises and then murdering them. That's exactly what they've done. McCullough says if, if uh, Hamlin was vaxxed, that certainly could have contributed towards uh, a breakdown in his heart. McCullough says football players have padding that protects the breastbone. So commotio cordis can likely be ruled out. Hypertrophic cardiomyopathy is more likely or abdominal where or abnormal thickening of the heart muscle, which is the primary cause for athletes suffering, suffering cardiac arrest, with the jab added in there to it. He thinks jab-induced myocarditis is what our friend Hamlin got jump-started and he had a problem with. There's been a 1,696% increase in sudden death among Athletes. We'll be right back for our last segment. This oscillating fan you purchased in 1997. What kind? It might seem crazy what I'm about to say. Now this fan was it for uh, business or personal use? I'm loving all these taxes that I gotta pay. You know what? I'm just gonna put personal unless you can let me know that. Like income, sales, gas, capital gains. I just can't think of what you could do with a 17-year-old fan. And having to pay you to figure out the way. 17-year-old fan. Ooh, I'll call James Franco. For what PETA says, uh, not really, no. How about for pre-K programs for fetuses? Um, again, no. How about 180 grand to study quail? No, these quail, uh, have they hatched? How about this, do you not want to go to jail? And who do I make it out to again? Ha ha ha. Billion dollars? I am outraged. Do you know how many camel statues we could have acquired for that? Inflation is our friend. <laughs> for example, consider this. In the year 2000, if current trends continue, the average blue collar annual wage in this country will be $568,000. Think what this inflated world of the future will mean. Most Americans will be millionaires. Everyone will feel like a big shot. Wouldn't you like to own a $4,000 suit and smoke a $75 cigar, drive a $600,000 car, 
I know I would. <laughs> but what about people on fixed incomes? They have always been the true victims of inflation. That's why I will present to Congress the Inflation Maintenance Program, whereby the U.S. Treasury will make up any inflation-caused losses through direct tax rebates to the public in cash. Now, you may say, won't that cost a lot of money? Won't that increase the deficit? Sure it will. But so what? We'll just print more money. We have the papers, we have the mints. I can just call up the Bureau of Engraving and say, Hi, this is Jimma. Roll off some of them 20s. Print up a couple of thousand sheets of those century notes. Sure, the glut of dollars will cause even more inflation, but who cares? Everybody will be a millionaire. Let me speak to you directly, Hunter. I asked the FBI where your laptop was, and it seems they've misplaced it. How weird. But it just turns out that I have a copy right here. I entered it in the congressional record. We have your texts, we have your emails, we have the payments from Burisma, we have your travel records, we even know the Chinese communists who own you. You and the big guy have never lived one day under real Republican oversight. So these, these aren't gonna be the days of Lindsey Graham breathlessly promising us every night that he's about to bring Hunter Biden in any moment. I got Jim Jordan and Marjorie Taylor Greene and Lauren Boebert with me now. We will expose the corruption of this administration. Yes, the name is Donald. Okay, I'm uh, looking for a spicy chicken sandwich. Quite frankly, it needs to be spicier than a Kamala Harris after a night with Willie Brown. Yes, I would like that. And of course, I would also like an order of waffle fries. That is correct. And you want those fries long and large. We'd like those fries huge, okay? The biggest size you have. I got you. Anything else for you guys today? That's going to be it. All right, so I got a spicy chicken sandwich, spicier than Kamala Harris. And then I got you for a large fry. That's right, spicier than Kamala. You know, she's a terrible person. You're very polite. A lot better than the rest of the people. It's like dealing with the fake news. I'll see you at the window. Are you feeling tired and worn down? Sick of the endless grind at work? Exhausted by your family, desperate for some peace and quiet? Then ask your doctor about COVID. By simply getting COVID, you're guaranteed a five and sometimes even 10 day vacation from all of life's problems. I needed a break just some time away from everyone. So my doctor suggested I get COVID, and it was the greatest week of my life. All I wanted was to sit on the good part of the couch and watch the Netflix I want to watch. And I was finally able to, thanks to COVID. At first, I was worried about getting COVID, but my doctor assured me it's fine now. I'm triple vaxxed, quadruple if you count HPV. So it's my time to shine. Side effects of COVID include having COVID, which is still kind of bad, but doesn't it seem different now? I definitely got sick. <laughs> I also got paid for 10 days to never leave a blanket. Plus, I got a great story I could tell people at work. It was like I had a bad cold for three days. Ooh. And of course I had to isolate from my three kids because I didn't want to get them sick. But uh, what do they eat? 
I gave it 14 days to be extra safe. And for an extra fee, we'll knock out the Wi-Fi near your house so you can't do any Zooms. Oh, well, too bad. <laughs> COVID is the perfect way to get out of jury duty, cousin's wedding, friend's improv show, neighbor's adult baptism, and husband's murder trial. At this point, COVID is basically a 10-day cruise, which is also a great way to get COVID. COVID isn't for everyone. That's why there's also new COVID Always Positive Home Test. The only COVID test that comes with two pink lines already drawn on. Uh, again? But you just had it a week ago. Please don't do this to me. COVID. Because sometimes the only way to get mentally healthy is to get physically sick. And sure, there might be long-term memory problems, but that would honestly be amazing because there's so much I want to forget. My brain's already really bad. If it gets 10% worse, but I don't have to talk to a single person for a week, I'll take that deal in a horse beat. You mean a heartbeat. <laughs> Either way, thanks, COVID. Thanks, COVID. Thanks, COVID. I think I'll get COVID again. Today. COVID. Go ahead. You deserve a break. Shout out uh, to my friend who came over and looked at my roof today, All American Roofing. If you're uh, short, you know, if you call roofers and they haven't called you back, uh, call uh, All American. They didn't pay me anything. They just came over. I thought they gave a good service. Polite lady on the phone. They did just what they said they were going to do. So if you're needing some look at the roof or you need to repair or redo, Call 530-845-0098. They, they have an answering service or answering system, but they got right back to me the next day, 530-845-0098. Then they, then they set me an appointment. It showed right up on time, and I think probably later today or tomorrow I'll have an estimate. We'll probably get it done this week. Boom. 845 0098-530-AeroCode, All-American Roofing. They responded. Others didn't. I'm not going to talk about the others that didn't. Maybe they're having a bad day. But uh, my friend Ted Holmes uh, recommended them. And Ted has got the plumbing doctor. He also has t Holmes Construction. So when contractors use other contractors, it's usually a good sign that they uh, think, oh, these guys, you know, they've they provide a good service, right? So... So Plumbing Doctor, they, they do all kinds of plumbing. Every type of plumbing you can think of, they do. In other words, if you need party, you've got a remodel going on and you need some new plumbing put in, they do that. They do all kinds of plumbing, but they also clean out lines. So they, they serve Yuba Sutter. And uh, if you're outside of Yuba Sutter, you might try Thrifty Rooter because they... they cover about four different counties including the city of lincoln but if you're yuba sutter you might give a plumbing doctor a try they've done much work here lots of work on my place and they're easy to get a hold of they have dispatchers as well at 530-671-9111 530-671-9111 and they will help you 
they'll get you fixed and back running again. Uh, also, I wanted to mention Monty Hecker, who has helped me for many years, and he is busy, busy, busy. I tell you, these the 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 business maybe to be in right now is the security business because between the politicians of this country and the crazy liberals, we have criminals running crazy, running crazy, stealing, pillaging, vandalizing. And uh, beating people up, stealing their cars, doing home invasions, carjackings, uh, what do they call that? Crash and grab, or they, there's so much broken glass from gl the windows of cars being broken out that they call it San Francisco snow on the streets. So many, I can't remember how many a day. Hundreds of day, 3,000 a month, 3,000 broken in cars a month. Some people have had cars broken into many times in one year. Can you imagine? Some people just leave their windows down and just says, there's nothing in here to steal. Some put notes in the windows. Please don't break this out. There's nothing in here. Please don't break my windows, right? Can, who is running San Francisco? The criminals are running San Francisco. So Elite Universal Security is doing their best, and they're actually looking for help. They're looking for more people to train as guards. Elite Universal Security is at 530-749-0280. So if you're listening from another county, I'm, I'm sitting in Yuba County today. But Elite Universal Security operates all over Northern California. So if you wanted to work for them... You could work maybe in the county you're, you're listening from. Or you might be able to go to work for Thrifty Rooter. They're looking for people as well. They just need reliable people. They will train you on the job. The same with Elite Universal Security. And, uh, or if you, if you need some security protection, you need some, to hire some protection. Elite Universal Security has been around for a couple decades so if you need some protection or you want to go help people and maybe maybe you're thinking, whoa, the prices have gone up since I retired. I need to pick up a few extra bucks a month, right? You might want to work 10 or 20 hours a month or a week. And um, so give them a call at 530-749-0280. I once asked uh, the... Uh, Kids at Juvenile Hall, where I speak with a bunch of other people, I'm just, just not me. Tri County Juvenile Hall, that's Calusa, Eubin, Sutter. And um, I asked them when I was talking about lying, and I said, Any, Anybody uh, lie here? And uh, everybody raised their hand, and I said, If a person lies, what do you call them? And they said, We call them a liar. So I said, you're all liars. They said, guess so. So I said, yeah, lying's a big problem. I said, God addressed that. Of 10 things he said you should not to do is lie. And when he sent down the tablets off a place called Mount Sinai. And um, so I said, if I, t this is a, f a number of years ago, and the kids knew who the president was. I said, if you, uh, did you hear that Bill Clinton said that he smoked weed, but he didn't inhale? And so the answer, without them saying anything, was everybody laughed and rolled their eyes, right? Does anybody in here believe that 
Clinton smoked and uh, didn't inhale marijuana. They all laughed. And what that laugh meant was he's a liar. So when you saw that the FBI raided former President Trump's Mar-a-Lago home, stripped the place, spread out their findings on the floor to make a big show of it, went into Melania's closet, messed around with her underwear. You didn't, maybe if you're a real big liberal, you just thought that good on him. You didn't think that was a little unusual, like kind of third world, kind of dictator, some dictator going after his opposition. But now when you have the Biden administration say they find stuff in his uh, former office where Anthony Blinken worked with him. And then now it's like, oh, well, we don't, it's not the same thing as Trump. And then they find stuff. Have you ever driven down the street and somebody's got their garage door open and you kind of, the garage door is kind of like letting your laundry hang out, right? Your dirty laundry. It's like, hey, why don't you clean that laundry? And uh, you open, you see somebody's garage, they open it up and it's all tidy and it's, everything's in its place and it's boxed and it's organized. It's hung, it's boxed, it's in cabinets. But lots of lots of places you can't even open the garage because they're hoarders, right? So in in I don't know who who decided to go over to 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 Biden's house, but they found all these boxes of of not just boxes of just like certificates and awards he received, but of classified material. And now Democrats, of course, this is what's sad about our country. Why can't we just call it a spade a spade? What can we just call a spade a spade no matter it happens on either side of the aisle? But now something that happens in the Biden thing, which really is a problem. I don't think they found a problem at Mar-a-Lago. They said they did, but I, it was they were covering their tracks. But now we have a guy that's got stuff stashed in his garage. You ever stashed boxes of old bank statements or old tax returns or old legal paperwork from 20, 30 years ago when you were in business and you, you kept it just in case anybody audited you or there was a question or something, something, right? You have any papers in cardboard boxes and different boxes stashed in your garage? Can you imagine the president of the United States or vice president of the United States, in this case, Biden, putting stuff back behind his Corvette that he said, oh, the garage was locked. I've had people break into my garage three different times, locked garage. Attics. Looking around, looking around for something to make some money on or something to drink or eat. That's Biden. That's our president. And they're making excuses and and covering his tail and hiding. What? You ever wonder what's become of us? We can't just be honest. There's no honesty anymore. There, it's not that there's, there isn't some. There's none. And it's, isn't it interesting that they didn't raid Biden's house? 
and get into his wife's underwear like they did the Trumps? With 15 or 16 or 20 or 25 FBI agents? It didn't warrant that. Oh, this is no big deal. This really isn't a big deal. The whole Trump thing was a total setup. But Anthony Blinken says, oh, I had no idea. I, I have no idea where all that came from. Right. When, when we say Davos, Switzerland, and all these people are going to be, be at it, you know, I, what do you think about that? Do you think like, oh, those are amazing people or or whatever? You know, what do you think about it? Well, do you know that there's a big bunch of prostitutes that are going to go over there? Did you know about that? I'm trying to look for the, I had an article about it, but I can't find it now. Oh, Blinken says he's surprised that Biden classified documents were found at the center he directed. Isn't it amazing how people have no idea what's going on and they're the most smart, smartest people in the country? They have no idea. They can't answer any questions before the Congress, before the any subcommittee hearings. They they can't figure out. They can't uh, uh, they can't answer a basic question. And where Blinken ran this Biden pen pen Biden Center for Diplomacy and Global Engagement in Washington, you know he'd worked Blinken had worked for Biden when Biden worked for Obama. These guys are old buds. And you don't think they ever brought up boxes that said, oh, dude, what, what should I do with this top secret boxes? Do you don't think that question ever came up? Unbelievable. All right, let me go up here. I think I found I want to do that. This article is the dark side of Davos. You ever think that Davos where they're discussing like the next pandemic and how they're going to take away your freedoms? Do you think these people are righteous people? There's all kinds of sex trafficking going up on there, uh, up there. It's, uh, this is Tyler Durden again, the Durden Dispatch. So this week, global elites are supposedly tackling the world's problems, such as climate change. We'll also be partying. Demand for sex workers by business tycoons and world leaders surges during the five-day summit. One escort named Liana told a German newspaper, Bild, that she dresses in business attire to blend in with a crowd of elites while at the summit. She said her client is an American who attends the meeting. She charges 700 euros per hour. Did you hear what I said? You know what a euro is? That's about the same as a dollar. Almost, almost, a, if one euro equals about a dollar eight cents. 700 euros a, an hour and 23 euros for the whole night. Just let's just talk dollars so you don't lose. I don't lose you for the night with this woman, Leanna, $2,300. She says light. She says sheds light on this. She tells the newspaper, the demand for prostitutes skyrockets during the meeting. An escort service also confirmed sex workers would be very busy this week. Bosses book escorts in the hotel suite for themselves and their employees. The manager told the sex, this is a uh, escort manager, told sex, 
told the sex workers that their services would be in high demand for the next several days. This particular sex worker tweeted, date in Switzerland during WWF means looking at the gym gun muzzles of security guards in the hotel corridor at 2 a.m. and then sharing the giveaway chocolates from the restaurant with them for gossiping and gossiping about the rich. The report found at least 100 known prostitutes traveling to the summit in, in 2020. It's amazing. It's a big deal. It's big parties. WEF divided, invited 2,500 global elites. These are super, super duper rich. And nearly 30,000 more are expected to attend dinners and wild parties and just, uh, you know, be who they are. Super duper people. Oh, I wanted to go over this. I got about four minutes, so... If you've ever wondered about Martin Luther King, here we in California, we honor uh, Har- Harvey Milk, who was a pedophile, who used to uh, prefer young boys, underage boys. And uh, he owned a uh, camera shop on Castro Street in San Francisco. And at one time he was on the board of supervisors of San Francisco. Eventually, uh, well, I, I don't want to get sidetracked on Harvey Milk, but the Hollywood glamorized him and they said what a wonderful guy is, but really what he liked to do is stick his penis in the butt of little boys and in the mouth of little boys. That's what he did. That's what he loved to do. That's why he he loved to get off that way. And so now we honor Martin Luther King, who also had a sexual problem. And uh, the night before he was assassinated, he had an orgy with two women and the next morning he beat up a woman. Did you know that he actually supposedly had a a child with a dentist's wife in LA? They say he had multiple women all over the world, particularly the United States. There's like 39 questions and answers in this Research that a guy did on Jesse or on not on Jesse Jackson, but of Martin Luther King. It's kind of shocking because the media, as as we know about fake news now, the media portrays somebody in the light that they want you to think of him as. But the reason we know a lot about because there's a guy named Ralph Abernathy, Reverend Ralph Abernathy, who was a very close friend and co-worker in the civil rights movement of Martin Luther King, who wrote a book called, and the walls came tumbling down. And he said that, uh, King slept with two different women in succession that night. After delivering his mountaintop speech in Memphis, Tennessee. Does that surprise you? Does it surprise you that I tell you that he physically beat a woman? How did other civil rights leaders respond to Abernathy's public revelation of Martin Luther King's behavior? They said he betrayed a trusted friend. 
What about the journalist credo that the people have a right to know? No, it's just the news wasn't fit to print, they said. David Garrow wrote, he's a biographer. Who was the attorney general who ordered the FBI to wiretap Martin Luther King? That was Bobby Kennedy. You think, oh, I thought the Kennedys and them were close. No, not really. Who was the assistant director of FBI who wrote a letter to Senator John P. East describing King's contact conduct of orgiastic and adulterous escapades, some of which indicate that King could be bestial in his sexual abuse of women? Charles D. Brennan wrote that. Who called King a hypocrite preacher? Lyndon Johnson. Lyndon Johnson, the women were too many to be numbered as well. Lady Bird couldn't keep him satisfied. King also plagiarized huge amounts of his doctoral thesis. It's amazing. Back when, before there were computers, they actually could track these down pretty easy. Uh... But people, to protect King's image, would not print anything negative about him. Doctoral theses, speeches, lifted right out of other people. Here was an inter- that we're going to wrap up with this. Who was the chairman of the National Endowment of the Humanities who purposely suppressed knowledge of Martin Luther King's plagiarism of his doctoral thesis? You know what his, who it was? Lynn Cheney, wife of former Vice President Richard Dick Cheney and the mother of Congressperson Liz Cheney. Now, when you know that about Lynn Cheney, then you know how why we get Liz and Dick. Liz and Dick and Lynn. We're calling it a day. We'll be back, if the Lord wills it, next week. God bless you. I see trees of green, red roses too. the dark sacred night and I think to myself